managed to gun buck him about five times, six times. My brother got shot five times. I had to lay on top of him to cover up all the holes. The visits ended and my little girl said to me, you come home now, daddy. What's going on guys and welcome back to a Blue Tick Show. Season two, all about crime. And opposite me today, we've got the one and only Lewis Clark. How are you? I'm all good. Um, I'm just pleasure to be here and I appreciate it, man. So look, Lewis, loads of people have watched you. Loads of people know your story, but of course my audience don't. So if we can throw it all back, firstly, what are you most known for? Um, armed robberies and been involved in gangs. Okay. And if we were to throw it all the way back now for people who don't know who you are, what was your childhood like? Like upbringing, family, mum, dad, were yeah. they involved in crime? Was you a naughty boy from young? What was it? Yeah, Do you know, I've always, I was always um, a very quiet boy growing up. I've always been like very respectful to people. Um, I grew up in Battersea, South London. Yeah. Um, What's it like growing up there? It was all right. Um, I actually enjoyed my childhood growing up. Dad was in and out of prison um, majority of my life. Still love him to bits. Um, <laughs> Same kind of crimes as yourself? What's going on, guys? If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you scroll down. We're now live on Spotify, so you can watch us while you're driving, listen to us, listen to us while you're in the gym. Pretty much just listen to us anywhere. And make sure you give us a five-star review on Spotify. Thank you. Yeah, my dad was heavily involved in armed robberies. That was his sort of thing. So growing up, um, it felt like all these things were kind of normal for me, you know? You know, like loads of money being brought into the house and stuff <laughs> like that not seeing mum and dad go to work. It all seemed normal. It's not until I got older, I realized, blimey now, Lou, like, it's not this really not normal. It's not a really normal childhood, is it? And was your mum and dad together while you were growing up? Yeah, there's uh, together majority of the time, split up a couple of times and stuff. Um, they're not together anymore, but they're still good friends. Is your dad currently still My dad's currently still in prison. He should be home soon. He's just waiting for his parole and then he's he'll be back. And obviously growing up where your dad was involved in, armed robberies, bringing home loads of money, did you just not think no difference? Did you just think this is what everyone's life is like? I thought this was normal. So like growing up knowing, I didn't know at first, it's not until I got a little bit older teenagers, I realized what dad was up to. And then, cause I looked up to him so much, I was just thinking, I want to get involved in this. And plus at the same time, the people I was around, they was doing like cash and transit robberies yeah. or like jewelry shops. And um, I kind of enjoyed it. Like, you know, like the planning of things. Yeah. That side of things, getting things done and then executing it. We could get onto that in a second. Few questions about childhood first. First one I got, and I, I did want to ask you, having said on the way up here, when you was growing up in school, everything was normal. Obviously you weren't in trouble and stuff. What did you want to be? Either a footballer or a boxer. You never wanted to be an armed robber, a bank robber. You never had them dreams. I had thoughts about doing them. Yeah, I was I was thinking about them sort of things. It was normal to me, like I said. And did you know your dad was doing this stuff, or was it more you know but you don't know kind of thing? Yes, it was. I know but I don't know. Like he would never want me to know anything. Yeah. He would. My but you, dad's, knew, you knew he was a bit of a naughty boy, but you yeah. just never knew to what extent. He is very well respected, so I knew like he was about something. But he's not. He's not a bully type person. Do you know what I mean? It was more just. Yeah, my dad. He's always trying to direct me to get a job. You know, but my dad telling me, oh, Lou, get a nine to five, get a trade. It's all good saying that, dad. Why don't you get a nine to five? You know, so um, I can't blame him for everything because a lot of my friends I was around was all into that sort of stuff as well. So um, I was more than likely always going to go down that road anyway. So I can't blame him. What's going on? I hope you're all enjoying the episode so far. Make sure you all scroll down, hit subscribe. We're trying to hit 10,000 subscribers. At 10,000 subscribers, there's going to be an amazing episode that's already planned in the pipeline. So hit subscribe. Brothers, sisters got older brother little brother how was your relationship with them like 
yeah, I love them. I love them to pieces. My little brother's not like me and my older brother. He's more of a gamer. He'd be indoors oh, yeah. playing. I don't even know what these games are called anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just having these little battles and stuff. And Never um, been in trouble with the police? Never, ever been in trouble with the police. Um, bless him. He don't really leave the house as much, whereas my older brother's been in and out of prison. Been my Cody on some cases. Um, he's actually doing really well. He's left that life behind him. He's doing paint and decorating. Um yeah, we've got many stories between me and my brother. I, c- I can imagine. Hopefully one day we can get your brother on here. What age, obviously, did you commit your first crime? I didn't commit my first crime, but I got nicked for something. <laughs> um, so um, here's my football manager. Oh, yeah? Someone's done him in the back of the head. Yeah. And um, I got the blame for it. Did you do it? No. I, I genuinely, I genuinely to, didn't even I do it. I didn't this. do it. I went to court and got a not guilty, thank God. Do you know what I mean? So oh, that was my shit. first ever case. What age GBH, was that? I was 14 years old. 14, you got nicked at yeah, 14. Yeah, so I think, I don't know what happened, but someone's done him in the back of the head. He's gone over. Someone said Lou. Um, but Did appara- you have a name for being a little bit naughty back in the day at that age? Or Yeah, because I was, I was fighting quite a lot. I used okay. to have loads of fights. Um, but I wasn't a bully, though, if you know what I mean. I would never start anything. Yeah. But you I'd just always, defended yourself. I'd always got. defend myself. I was always up for it, to be honest. <laughs> so, 14 got nicked. Yeah, got And how did mum and dad react? Got a not guilty. Oh, dad come to court and um, obviously got me my solicitor. And um, yeah, so got off with that charge. Got Didn't get told off, but my dad was like, Lou, just stay away from him in, in the future or whatever. Mum upset? or Mum was upset. I think, do you know what? My mum was working in a pie mash shop at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, pie I mash shop pie was, mash. oh, it was pucker. Proper bit of pie mash it was. Um, but yeah, I got told if they just got told to stay away from them. Uh, my older brother's selling drugs at this time. He's probably about 16. So it's, I probably jumped to my pedal bike about 14 years old when I started selling drugs as well. A little bit hard to obviously try and remember memories, but at 14, 15 years old when you thought, you know what, I want to go down the route of crime and make some money illegally. What was giving you the driving force for that? Because most people want to be a doctor, lawyer, solicitor and all that bullshit. I don't have none of that. You I'd, just wanted I'd, to make money. Is I that what it come down money. to? I was just on my little BMX bike <laughs> selling little £10 and £20 drawers. And you know when you're, I'm always wearing exclusive trainers. As a kid in school, I'm wearing the nicest trainers all the time or I've got a nice chain bracelet. Yeah, yeah. I was doing very well at a young age. Like little mopeds and stuff. None <laughs> of my other friends had mopeds. Like I was the first to have a little moped, get a little car. So obviously at this age, you're committing crimes, doing your little... little these are little crimes compared little to what crimes, you've obviously yeah. been nicked for most recently. These are like baby crimes. They kind when of you build up to it, these sort of things. That's I mean, how yeah. it all starts off, you know? So what was the journey? Tell us. Walk us through from age 14 to age... What age did you get nicked for your first major crime? Um, 18 years old. So go on, tell us the walkthrough. What, obviously... Uh, um, just selling, obviously, sell, I've sold weed since I was 14 years old. Done yeah. very well with that. Um, from that, dad, dad was in and out of prison, like I said, for armed robberies and stuff. I think he was doing a 10 and a half year sentence at the time. And um, I kind of wanted to be involved in that sort of life, you know? Not because of my dad was doing it, but... It seemed like an in thing, whereas around other uh, sort of people doing them sort of things, I kind of wanted to get involved. Yeah. And I remember I'd done a cash and transit robbery. Okay. In Streatham. You know when they're filling up cash yeah, machines yeah. and Is stuff? Is that like G4S vans? Yeah, G4S vans and all them sort of things. They drive me mental to this day. <laughs> um, I was I was so unprepared in that threat anyway. He's filling up the cash machine in Streatham in a train station. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to get him on the last run. And how, did you plan any of this or was it just no, literally just, just driving just did, about I was thought, just fuck it, let me do it and make some money? We was just in a stolen car that day 
and we, we see, I was like, listen, let's just pull up there. You wait there for me. And me and my Cody's run around the corner um, to go and grab this cassette. But as we've gone in the train station, yeah, grabbed the cassette. But at this time... That's the box, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah container the money. But this month, this year, all the train stations were on high alert because yeah. of the London tube bombings and bus bombing, oh, bombings shit, was going so off. Fed everywhere. So as we've grabbed the cassette, there's 20 old Bill already there armed with guns already. Oh, fuck. By this time I've looked, I was like, oh my God, we've got the money in our hand already. <laughs> You're running. So we, me and my Cody's looked at each other, started running. We've actually threw the cassette back at the police to try and whatever. Squash it. <laughs> Take it back. Yeah, try, cool, cool. I'm sorry. Whatever. Got back to where the motor was meant to be. Yeah. And my driver wasn't in the car. Oh shit! So you got you got to think. I've got all these old bill chasing me on foot now. My driver's not in the car. I've had to, we, me and my Cody's had to run past this car, carrying running. We actually got away from the police. Yeah. Come in the middle of the road now. I'm telling my uh, the driver to come because he was having a piss up the side of the road. I'm telling the driver come. Anyway, as I'm doing that, a right van's pulled up behind me. Fuck. I've so looked at done. my Cody. I said, mate, just go guilty, mate. Let's yeah. just go guilty. Uh, we ended up getting, because it looked so unprepared and unprofessional, uh, we ended up getting three months, not three months, three years each. Okay. And so what should it have been? No, nah, it's roughly about That's right. Because right, yeah? we've gone guilty. If we went not guilty, we probably would have got sixes, maybe five and a halfs. Um, but because it looked so unprepared and we looked really <laughs> stupid, um, the judge just think you stupid idiots. Um, so we went to Feltham. And this is at eight, age 18? 18, yeah. We went to Feltham. So we both ended up on the induction wing. And um, it was like a youth club. All my friends were on the wing. Oh, seriously? As I've got there, my fr- I've got, I had a friend called Gotti, Els, Snipes. All of my friends from the manor were all on the estate. Like being back in so school. So I've got there like, Louis, what's happening, brother, and all this? And um, <laughs> So um, from Feltham, done three months there, and I went to another YO called, called Portland in 2005 and six. Yeah, I've done a lot of jail and a lot of different prisons and as a wire I'd say hands down so wire means youth offenders youth offenders yeah. Portland is the worst out of all of them in what aspect like knife attacks and oh, stuff really? like that I didn't see it every day but, it was but you'd always hear someone's been plunged up in the showers or this has happened on free flow um, I only had one fight on when I was there because I knew I had a lot of friends there and I wasn't really a troublemaker anyway yeah I had literally one fight on free flow. I remember in education, this fella, I don't know what he's thinking, he's probably having a laugh. He threw a bit of paper, but it's hit me in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> I was really embarrassed because all the boys see it. Yeah. So I had to wait until it was on free flow. We actually had a fight. Me and my Cody rushed him, uh, went down the block for a couple of days and just ended up on the wing again. The boy who we had the fight with, he's been put on the same wing as me again. Stupid. But no. he's coming to my cell and he's like, oh, good fight or whatever. I yeah. think he's a traveler for it. He's like, good fight, but your, your Cody shouldn't have joined in or whatever. We shook hands and we kind of left it there because yeah. we, ha- we had a little respect for each other. He was just having a little piss taking education, but he embarrassed me because he hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> so obviously you've come out after doing a free, you didn't do full free. Yeah, yeah I've done you, 18 months. 18 months. You come out. That. Did come you, out. Was there a part of you that said, you know what? Enough. That's it. I didn't enjoy that. Fuck that. No, it's only 18 months. I've done all of that. But that was your training. first time inside. No? I went to pr- yeah, it's my first time. I went to prison ten stone. Okay. As, as a little skinny kid with a long neck, I still got a long <laughs> neck. But um, I went prison ten stone and come out fifteen stone. Like so, you, so prison was good for you. And then? yeah, it was good. But I don't know about squats and leg day and all of that. So I've come out of massive arms, big traps, and these small little legs. And small little legs. So I got right stick from my dad for it. But um, when I come out, I didn't have no money. I thought I didn't have no money. Yeah. But when but I used to sell weed as well. So I've come out, I remember putting my jacket on 
And um, sorry, I used to tie these up for some reason, but I used to stash money in my sleeves. Yeah. I come out and I had box money left in my sleeve. So, I've, so after like that, I've gone and bought another box of weed. I and mean, at the time it was 34s. Yeah. So, so I was just back on it. Basically. I'm back on it, selling weed again. I'm on Obo. Yeah, I did not know. And anyway, the police are opposite my house. They had a, a van facing my house with a little hole with, with a camera in. But they had me p- passing my hand through through the gate and to another fella giving him, um, it's only two in a queue, two yeah. ounces and a queue of weed. Um, they had me on camera get passing it through the gate. So anyway, he's been stopped around the corner. Uh, the police have strip searched him of all of whatever. I found it. But I've got a phone call. Lou, your pal's getting strip searched outside the house. Search, sorry. I was like, cool, because I've got a duffel bag full up with ounces of weed ready to go. Packed up my bags. I've gone out the back, got away. But I've been nicked three days later for um, for serving him up. So I've been done for... But how did they prove... Well, obviously, they had me on camera and stuff, filmed it. So um, I got done for supplying cannabis. So they gave me another 10 months in prison for that. 10 months? Just yeah, for that? Yeah, for two ounces. I taking think, a piss. I think back then it was probably about... 260 for a tunicue or something like that. I can't remember. Um, so I've gone back to prison for another 10 months, ended up in Wandsworth. Anyway, I see all the boys again. Wandsworth's my local. Well, something like has got another 10 months. <laughs> um, so as, as I'm finishing that up, I've got a uh, nick for something else, but that's a story for another day. So mm. I ended up going to Belmarsh for another 18 months. Okay. So from Wandsworth, they've sent me to Belmarsh. I've done 18 months in Belmarsh done my time there where I've got not guilty yeah. and then I've come back out I've lost all my weight again I was stressed yeah, gone back down to 10 stone um, needed some money again didn't and I what age are you at this age at I'm this like 20 like maybe 23 okay 23 or something like that so I think I need to get some money again um, dad's on the verge of coming out finishing his 10 and a half year sentence that's good and then at this point I was I was kind of obsessed with cash and transits, you know, like <laughs> delivering money. It's because you knew you could do it. That's it. You probably had a little buzz from it. Yeah. And because like so much people used to talk about them in prisons and stuff and how, how they work, how they operate. I started having sleepless nights over these things. Like, you know, like recognizing number plates, knowing that's going to be at that petrol station on Wednesday at two o'clock or that's going to be at that Barclays at one o'clock on the Thursday. Yeah, yeah. It was driving me mad. I feel I should have gone to the doctors and got some sort of help because I had an obsession Oh, seriously, you got that yeah, bad, but you I, literally it, it got really, move they it made. It got really that bad. Not saying that I was a kingpin at doing armed robberies like I've done loads or whatever, because I, I actually went prison for one. Like we're gonna, we're gonna get to. Um, like I said, like I knew I was on Obo, and I remember going to look at something, and I got there, and there was a lady just sitting there at the bus stop. Yeah. But a bus has pulled up and left, and, and she's she still there. It. I'm like, oh my god! Like, yeah, that's what I, yeah. So I said to my friend, just carry on driving. They're on me, so I didn't do nothing. And what did she look like? Normal lady, she just a like a normal library lady. It's yeah, didn't it? And I knew. I, I said to my driver, just drive. Carried on driving. I see another fastback waiting on the side. Where I thought, yeah, you lot was waiting. So it didn't do nothing. Anyway, Dad's come out. What was that like? When he was this the first point he come out and you was out together? Yeah, no, my dad, because he's been prison a few times now, it's probably his, like second or third or maybe fourth time he's been out. <laughs> I can't remember, so it's, it's kind of normal. But obviously you're at an older age where you and him can actually chat and that's your dad, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like you my, and him can like, cause properly... Because my dad's been away for so long, <coughs> I listen to everything he says to me. Like He's always tried to direct me somewhere else and he knew I was at it with other people. 
And he basically just put it to me like, you just never know who's gonna fucking stitch you up. That's the problem. You know, at least if, like he doesn't want me doing anything with him, but he can't stop me from doing it with other people. At least you know if you're doing it with someone close, there's gonna be like no grass and going on and that, you know? Yeah, he tr- and you can trust each other, that's the difference. You trust each other. So then, what happened it, when you come out? He come out, he's just, my dad's built for prison. Like Genuinely. He's built for prison. Like I've not heard him moan once about being in prison or being on a wing or, was you in pr- have you, did you go to prison with him at this yeah, point? Yeah, so no, not, not, not yet. Because okay. obviously we uh, committed a robbery together, Okay, which he was just uh, the driver. He didn't actually take part in the robbery. I went and done that myself. Yeah. So I remember the day of the robbery. So go on, your dad's come out. You're yeah, out. You yeah. and him are now chatting. So I'm trying to get my dad like <coughs> back used to being out and being on the roads again, driving. So we used to start, started trying to get my dad out of London, just driving down country lanes, clearing his head. Started spotting these vans and that about, didn't we? Oh, be, my dad would be like, Oh, that go, couldn't it? I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> it was giving you and your dad something to bond over. I know it's obviously not the best thing to bond over, but at least it was you and him were having a friendship as much as this stupid thing oh, to sit yeah, here. I love that man so but much. That's what so. I mean. It's, it's giving you something for you and him to relate to. You've both done it, you both believe it or not, loved it at this point, and you were chatting about it. Weren't that nice in some sense? Yeah, do you know what? Obviously, we used to talk about robberies, but it's not until now. My dad's really had a hard think and realised, flipping now, what have I done to my son sort of thing? And you could see it in his eyes that he's he's regretted a lot. Yeah. And that hurts me, like, to know my dad's upset. I've just got goosebumps. To know he's upset for even, like, bringing me along or introducing me into that sort of life and that, you know? He's always try, tries to direct me to get a nine-to-five or a trade... I, I don't want it. I don't want to do no Rough trades, you. you know. But anyway, we, so we've spot. I spotted something. It looked really, really nice. Nice, <laughs> nice little location. Nice little cut throughs um, where we can park motors and stuff. Just put uh, plotted up the cars and stuff. And then the day of the robbery, I think it's snowing, you know. Yeah. So it's perfect. No one's really about. It's cold. No one wants to be out. Yeah. But like two weeks before the robbery. The man who was delivering the cassette, he was about this tall. Yeah. Yeah. He, looked, small he, little he guy. looked like Dobby from Harry Potter. <laughs> small little fella. So I thought this is gonna this be is a, perfect. This, this is, is gonna result. be a touch. I can actually just do this by myself. It got to the day of the robbery, I've got out of the car, waited for the geezer. The geezer who got out of the car was about twenty stone. Some big boy. I was like, this was this is this, this, is ain't, this ain't how it's meant to go. I looked, I was like, nah. Anyway, this geezer's at a right lump. It's a bit I'm, late now, isn't it? It's a bit late now. I've got a dog on me anyway. Okay. And as I've, I've got out of the car, I, st- I stuck the gun to him, but he, he, w- he wasn't phased. He looked at me and swung a punch. He swung the cassette for me. Fuck off. So as he's done that, it kind of stumbled me. I've got tunnel vision, so I've kind of grabbed him like this. And you know the way the helmets? Yeah, I've yeah. managed to gun buck him about five times, six times. But when you're kind of uh, panicking, you in don't realise how much times you hit someone because he actually lost some teeth. Oh, wow. Which I apologize for, like that wasn't meant to happen. I was just meant to take the money and go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've knocked him out. He's fallen on top of the money, on top of the cassette. This geezer's twenty stone. I've had to do a deadlift to get him off the <laughs> money. So I've took the cassette, got away, drove off, got in the second vehicle, gone, got away. Um, three days after, we got away. Everything's sweet. Yeah. Three days after, how much was in the cassette? Forty-five okay. grand. So and I heard a story, sorry to interrupt you, about them having die or something in these cassettes. Yeah. What, what's all that about? How did you get away? Like, what is that? I've heard that. When yeah, you this, pop this, it or something this one like I had had ink on it. Had, and then what happens is the money. So you can't spend all of it. Um, a lot of the money what I had out of it was 
absolutely fucked. And you just can't use it? You can't. No, you can't use it. I don't know. A lot of people say they can wash it and stuff. Um, um, but I don't manage to wash hardly any of it, to be honest. It's a waste of time. Genuinely, yeah. It's generally a waste of time. Wish I didn't do it. Obviously, wish yeah, I didn't do it. I've got a 7 years sentence for it. So go on. Three days later. Yeah, so three days later. They must have gone back through all the cameras. Um, funny enough, none of the cameras working was working that day around the Gosh. area where the robbery happened. But five miles away from the robbery. Five miles? Yeah, on an AMPR camera, two weeks before, they had my car driving in convoy with the car that was used. So from that, they put the obo on us. Straight away, they kicked my door through. Uh, Dad's been nicked. Um, I wasn't living at home at that time. I had my own little flat, so I was all right. They got me another two days after that because I was in court for something else. What well, got what well, got thrown out of court? Yeah. For some um, warehouse burglary thing, got thrown out of court. Um, they got me at the court armed police and stuff. Brought me out and took me to the police station. There was no evidence. We both got bail. The only evidence they had was my car driving in convoy with the car that was used. Yeah. They had me spending £20 notes in Bista Village. I spent £1,200 on myself um, and I bought my kids some some, some little raffler in dresses and yeah, shirts yeah. and stuff. But they said I was spending thousands and thousands of pounds. I wasn't. I spent £1,200. Um, they they had me in the area of the robbery. They had me in a five-mile radius of the area that, that day of the robbery. It's loads of circumstantial bits of evidence were yeah, added well, up for so them. So from what you've told me there... I don't think that's good enough to convict you. It's not. It's not. It's just that we got previous and my dad's previous is mental. Did you ever go guilty on that? I went, not guilty, I went not guilty on it because they didn't know what colour the arm rubber was. They yeah. said he was tall and slim and I'm not right. exactly tall. I'm 5'10". Yeah. And a bit. And um, they didn't find no money. They found no gun. So how did they convict They you? found no DNA in the car that was used. They just my cell site put me in a five mile radius of that area of five that day. Miles. Anyone could find and that. I had previous for cash in transit robberies from two thousand and five. Did you ever admit it was you? Yeah. At the end? Yeah, because otherwise I was getting eighteen instead. Oh shit, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, they said basically pretty much take guilty and we'll drop the Yeah, ball. yeah, but basically and it, it kinda helped in the end with me getting going to open conditions, going to DCAT, like accepting my guilt in it. Yeah. Um I've got a confiscation order for it as well. How much? Twenty-two thousand each. Okay. But imagine I paid I paid about eighteen thousand, and I couldn't afford the, the last four four quid. Yeah. And while I was in prison, it's gained interest at a pound eight a day, which is now added up to ten thousand pounds. Fuck off. Interest. So I'm still owing him around about fifteen thousand, even though I paid him eighteen grand out of it. That's a just all a money making scheme, man. They know so what they're doing, but do you know what? Don't do the crime if, you, if you're going to yeah. start moaning about it. So I've accepted it is what it is, and I know I'm going to make the same myself over the next few years. So I'm just going to crack on with it. So with you and your dad, you both got both got sentenced to how long do you get? Eight I've and got, a half? I've got a 16-year sentence, and then I've got an, another year to run concurrent, to run consec, sorry. So I ended up with 17 years, do eight, uh, eight and a half. My and what dad, did dad get? He got a nine-year life sentence. So he's got to do the whole nine years, yeah. then sit a parole board. Which he's okay. awaiting right now. Okay, so he's done the nine years now. Yeah, he's done his nine years. Wow. And when is he looking to come out? Next month, possibly. That'd be amazing, no? Big Tell might be home next month. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> so you and him have got knit. They put you straight in. Where'd you go? What prison we went first? To, we went to Highdown. Yeah. Both together? Yeah. Where's my soulmate? 
And what was that? My soulmate. Like? Loved him. I loved him. But he used to drive me mad. He used to do this thing because he gets up yeah. a bit. He gets up earlier before me, like half six. He will put the kettle on. Yeah. Make his cup of tea, yeah. But you know, with the spoon, yeah, yeah, it go ding, 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 ding around his cup, so he's making loads of noise. <laughs> be like, Lou, do you want a coffee or tea, mate? I'm like, All right, dad, I'll have a coffee, mate. Um, but it, the good thing about it, it got me into routine, it got me getting up early. Um, I was gym ward leader, so okay, I was gym yeah. leader for three years. So That's why I started getting my size and that back. And uh, from there, we went our separate ways, which was sad. I went to a prison called Oddenley. Yeah. No, I went to Coldenly first, sorry. And my dad went to a prison called uh, Grindon, which is a therapeutic prison for lifers. Yeah. So I've gone to Coldenly, done a year there. That was quite fun. Just partying every weekend on <laughs> vodka and everything else. Um, While you and your dad were inside together, was the discussion always when we get out, we're going to go and rob this? Or was it, nah. let's try and turn our life around? Or did you never really have that we conversation? We didn't really have that conversation until recently. Oh, really? You have, though, yeah? We've had a sit-down now, and, yeah, it was a really Good. nice sit-down, which, which was needed. But, um, yeah, I've gone to, done a year in Coldly, then I went to Only for three and a bit years, done all my, like, courses, Resolve yeah. and all that. From there, I've got my DCAT, went to Open Conditions, so it's where you get your town yeah. visits and home leaves. But I got there in the corona, when the corona was about. So, so I don't really get much uh, town visits. I had, like, five, and then I was released. So at least you got the five, though, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So while obviously I want to discuss, you were doing the, what they called grabbing? Cash and transits. Cash and transits. What was you getting a buzz of? Because obviously I've spoken to many people and they didn't, I, I've heard your previous podcast, of course. Did you get the buzz of the money or was it more the, let's see if we can get away? Yeah. Is that all it come down to? Yeah, because I, I was right, I was right for money. I wasn't proper struggling. I've always had a couple quid, and obviously you know you can go and get it. <laughs> That's it, what I mean. You always knew that if you needed it was, to. It was more of like the planning things and putting things in places, which I enjoyed. Thinking if I put this car here, or I can run through that alleyway, change cars there, and then plot that one back up there. And what was always the hardest part of organising it? Um, it wasn't. It was just. <laughs> it was just easy because there wasn't many of us involved, so it was, it was pretty straightforward. And you just used to have a buzz from. Yeah, just watching films and stuff and watching vans go through sides of wall and taking loads of money and... And from all of them, what was the largest grab you've done? That 45 grand that you got nicked for? Yeah, just the one I got nicked for, yeah. But it, was just, it wasn't even just that, man. Even when I was selling weed ground, there was a lot of gang activity. I've not yeah. really spoke to you about that. No, you haven't. Talk to me about it. There was a lot of... Um, my brother got shot five times. Oh, Wow. Yeah, yeah, I had to lay on top of him to cover up all the holes. I remember the... Um, what happened with that? It was a summer's night. And we was walking to the shops. I remember the motorbike. You know when you just hear the red room? I just knew what was going to happen. My brother's in these uh, sliders. I think you lot call them sliders, flip-flops. Yeah, sliders, sliders. Yeah. Um, anyway, the first... They've started letting off the machine gun. The first shots hit my brother and his Achilles. Oh, wow. Um, but he's took all the shots from me. So he got hit five times and my other pal got hit five times. But I'm standing in front of him. So they've got... You know when you shoot a machine gun? Yeah. Not that I shot one, but it goes, it goes up like yeah. that, yeah? Call so of Duty. When we're playing, we're learning when you, from there. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's took his ankle out, calf, leg, back. So they took all the shots. And I managed to get to the bottom of the hill. But as I'm running, I'm already on the phone to the ambulance because I know that thing's gone off about 20 times. Yeah, you know, it's not a joke. Ambulance, please. My brother's dead. Can you pick him up? Put and the phone down. Told him where he was, obviously. Boom. So even the there, there and then, yeah? God forbid that was to happen to me. Or as in happen, I was you in that situation. Uh, as much as I, you can say you can plan for it and stuff, 
I genuinely just freeze. Under when something like that happens, for you to have the I don't know, the mindset to phone up the ambulance and it's, all of that. It did you not genuinely think like like just I'd in my head I'd think I'd just freeze and just you wouldn't know what to do and to have the confidence to say to him, my brother's dead so casually can someone come and get him is like That's all I said and gave him the location where he was and police then, obviously turn up first I bet. Yeah, obviously the police have to turn up yeah. um arm response turn up first, then the ambulance. But um once I see they got off the bike and continued to shoot my brother, but it ran wow. out. The thing ran out. So they got back on the bike and drove off when And it, were these boys you actually had beef with or was it like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was though, yeah? Yeah. I don't know who it was or whatever. Um, but as soon as the bike drove off, I ran straight up the hill to go and make sure my brother's right. Pulled, started pulling his clothes off, seeing where the holes are, covering them up to the ambulance, got there. And um, he was just like, Louis, take the money out of my pocket. He had a couple of quid in his pocket. He's like, Louis, take the money out. I called. only about two grand or something. But I gave it to my pal said, take that. And then I just looked after my brother to the ambulance, got there. But by this time, I realised he's okay. Yeah. And my other pal was right as well. He got hit in the shoulder, finger any lifelong injuries with your brother? Oh, yeah, he's got the maddest bop now. Um, oh, really? Yeah, when we went prison one time, they was calling him the hot stepper because he's got the <laughs> meanest bop. Because at him and he's Achilles, so when he's walking, he's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a proper rude boy bop and that. And obviously, how is that to deal with? At what age was that? Probably about 22 or something like that. I've been 22 years old and laying on top of your brother, believing uh, he's genuinely gone. And I can imagine you and your brother are tight. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Isn't that a memory that you look back at every single day and think, you know, I hate what? bikes. Yeah, I, I hate know, I bikes. But I picked up. Let me tell you a lot of stories. I picked up Lou on the way here. We was driving down to the location to film. Three bikes pulled up next to us. And straight away, he was literally looking around. <sighs> man, is that that must be? You must get proper PTSD from. Yeah, yeah, proper man. But remember, I've been involved with a lot of when shootouts have happened. I've been there in it. So you've you obviously so like when things are going off, it's kind of normal. It's just get away. You know, like in, but you, you say that's normal, yeah. But for people who are not involved in that life, that's far from normal. Yeah, it's, that's it's just, it's crazy. In the same location, um, there was another evening where the bouncer got shot in his head, and we all wow. had to walk over his body and that. Like, and as I got older, I started thinking, "Am I making all these stories up?" I had to go and Google, and I had to type, "Bouncer's been shot on Wandsworth Road," yeah. or. My brother's name's been shot on one's referred. Was it all on Google? Yeah, yeah, it was, it all, was, it was, yeah, it was all there and stuff. And um, I actually made a documentary um, about what I've done and stuff. It's, it's actually on my YouTube channel as well. So you can catch all of that and see little stories and locations where everything happened. If we'd like now to move, obviously, through after crime now, you've finished that chapter of your life. You're done. Yeah. We're trying to turn a new slate and trying to change your life for the better, of course. I've got a question for you. you got a beautiful little daughter. Just the one kid? Beautiful, just the one, yeah. And if she come home, and it's a little bit different because it's a daughter and not a boy. I know 90% of the us idiots is men. Policeman knocks on your door. Mr. Lou, how you doing? Da, 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 da. Unfortunately, we've arrested your daughter. We caught her stealing and um, she's been arrested. Knowing the past you've lived and obviously she's going to hear about what her dad's done and... What would you say to her? Because it's the same thing with what your dad would have said to you when he obviously found out you'd yeah. done it. How are you going to react? So obviously, she's not going to, but how would you react if that was to ever happen? Obviously, I have to, I have to pull, her, pull her aside and tell her how much I missed her when I was away. I tell her this all the time now, Hallie, I missed you so much. Um, yeah, 
I, you got. I've had. I've had this conversation with my daughter. She's at the age where I can have like sensible conversation, but I don't go into detail about things. Yeah, but I make course. her know how much I miss her and how much that hurt being away from her. And I can see in her eyes. I'm still waiting for her to give me a cuddle, you know. But because I was still away so long, well. it, yeah, it's, it's still. I'm just waiting for that cuddle. Like, daddy, come here. I haven't got that yet. But it's, it's, it's that's gonna come. And of course, you're trying to make up for lost time with her. There was how many years did you miss out? Eight and a half. And. Every day you're with her is probably precious time that you wish you could spend the whole life with you as a water. But yeah, how, how is that? It's it's getting a lot better. When I first come out and I was trying to like talk to her, there'd be certain times we'd be on the bus together and it'd just be completely silent. But I'm thinking, what do I say next? What do I say next? I was struggling to have conversation with her. Whereas now, a lot more is coming out. She's opened up a lot more. She's in secondary school now. I actually got called into the school the other day. <laughs> what did she do? She was in trouble. Um, she's having an arguments with another classmate. So we had to go and sort it out. Well, it was nice <laughs> to actually be called by the school because I've missed out nursery, yeah. primary school. So I went in there. I remember she's sitting there and I'm trying to tell her off and she's just got a biggest smile, grin on her face. I'm like, Hallie, you little shit. Like, <laughs> But um, that must be so heartwarming as well, because at the end of the day, that's that's your baby, that's your creation, that's everything. That's, that's my like, baby. Do you know what, yeah? I've got some, like, go-to words. On my first ever visit with this little girl, I said it a few times, 2013, she's come to visit me. The first visit I had with her, she's two years old, just about talking and running. The visit's ended, and my little girl said to me, you come home now, daddy. That must have melted your All heart. my days, my throat went, yeah. I had to obviously just be the man, call, hugs, bye. But they're my go-to words. You know when I'm feeling feeling down or if I want to do something stupid, you come home now, daddy, call. That's what I'm going to get. Even, that, even when you phone her, even if you're ever feeling down, just getting her on the phone must give uh, you that. It must. Because one time in that, man. Just to see, seeing her little face on FaceTime, even if she don't say nothing, we look at just each other, we, we just start, both start smiling. Like straight away. Because while you've been out, you must have had every Tom, Dick and Harry phone your phone and say, Lou, i got this for you. Lou, you can make a quick 10 bags here. Lou, you can do this. And every night you must go home and speak to her and think, you know, fuck it, it ain't worth it. Yeah, I try and FaceTime her every night, but obviously she's on blimmin' TikTok and that talk, <laughs> talking to her friends. Dad, I'm on the phone. But it's just nice to know that she's seen my face or she's heard a message from me. Um, but there's nothing what could tempt me to go back and do something stupid now, you know? I can't let that little girl, I can't let myself down. And my friends, a lot of my friends support me throughout my sentence. And and how do you think your daughter's going to cope when, obviously, she's going to hear about your past? Or she maybe knows she... everything. She said, Dad, I watched your podcast. <laughs> I was like, okay. Do you know what it is now? You said she's 11 years old, yeah? Yes. And when I look at 11 years old, I think you little, small, little thing. But now 11 years old ain't 11 what it was back then. Like 10, 15 years ago, when you speak to an 11 year old, they were just young, dumb and like silly. Yeah. Now you're talking to an 11 year old, you can have a proper chat with them. You can talk about business with some 11 year olds. And oh, it's crazy. So it must be so. I feel, I feel they're so more advanced than what That's I was what I mean. at 11. When I was 11, I was, I, I look back at myself, I think I'm a baby then. Like I didn't have a phone when I was 11. Same, no way. Now you got, they got better phones than some of us. Yeah. And out of everything in your life, the one thing I can say from here, sitting here with you today is, it's so heartwarming to see someone who's had a past like yours. Obviously, you've been through hell and back. And the one thing I can say is your daughter, to have her, it must be so special for you. And I can see even in your eyes, I can see them watering up when you talk about yeah, her. Don't worry, she gets I me, can, man. I can see that it all in your eyes. And it's, 
it, it shows in a man, no matter how big and bad and tough you are, no matter some of the things you've done in your life, you've probably been in situations where people would cry themselves to sleep and all it takes is one little girl in your life and it just, it melts She's you. She's the only girl who can make me cry. Uh, it's true, it's yeah. true. And if we was to end it now, of course, on such a beautiful thing with your daughter, I want to ask two questions to you. Your three-year plan. What is the next three years for Lewis Clark? All right, cool. So while I was away, I used to have a little book I used to write my ideas in. Yeah. So I've got my YouTube channel on the go, um, on the go now, Big Lou Gym Bars. So like, everyone watching this, go subscribe to him. Make sure you show him love as well. Yeah, Big Lou Gym Bars. So it's basically sh uh, short interviews with celebrities, influencers, ex-offenders. Um, after that, they take part in my workout. Okay. But you get to nominate the next person. So when you're free, <laughs> you're coming to take part. We're going to talk to you about your po how you got into podcasts okay. and that. Um, so that's just started off. I've got a few subscribers now. So I'm starting to um, get a bit of momentum now. Just building up my socials. I'm going to have some clothing out, hopefully for the summer, fitted like gym tracksuits and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just going to continue doing my PT stuff for now. I'm not trying to overwhelm myself with too much things. And I did want to get into acting. I've not got any skills. But if, anyone, <laughs> if, if anyone's watching and you need me to play me, um, I'd happily do uh, that. So You spoke about, just to touch on it, you spoke about, uh, what was it called? There was an episode made of you. You and your dad. What, on, on the Judge Rinder Judge show? Judge Rinder. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, to bother to explain it for oh, everyone who's watching so this, explain what it was. While I was away, they done Judge Rinder's Crime Stories Week. Uh, crimes that shook the UK. I'm not yeah. saying my crime was not a massive crime. It is, it is a little thing, whatever. But they've re... What is it? Reenacted re the whole re scene yeah, and stuff. Reenacted, So, mate, they've made some little skinny fella play me. <laughs> it, it looks like he's been on a pipe all night. Oh, and serious? I was thinking, they could have got someone like Tom Hardy or someone. Tom Hardy, right? I'm stretching it a little bit. Oh, mate, they got some skinny little fella to play me. But the funny part was, when me and my dad were sitting down together watching it, some fat blokes got out of the car to play my dad. And oh. I was... <laughs> I was ripping him. And the all thing the is, they were probably all laughing at you to start. And all the boys in the wing, there's all kicking, kicking their doors. Oh, hello, I can see your dad. I can see you. And, that. and um, <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. But um, nah, that's a, that was a funny story. I remember. So yeah, any actors, any producers, any producers want, want someone me to, to play himself properly. To play myself. Um, I, I'd love to, I'd love to get involved with acting, you know. Yeah, that's one of your dreams. I'd love to get involved with acting. Yeah, you know, like a good old British film, uh, Guy Ritchie sort of film. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd love it. And last question of the whole podcast, and then you can get out of here and go home because I've done your editing for an hour. What has been the scariest moment of your whole life? Probably just my brother being shot. And my daughter being born. Yeah. I, I nearly passed out in the hospital. <laughs> I remember she was coming out, yeah? <laughs> Sorry, last little I thing. I nearly passed out in the hospital. My daughter oh, was shoot. coming out. And my daughter's mum said, whatever you do, don't look, because I'm not good with blood and stuff. Okay. She said, whatever you do, don't look, but what do I do? But I've had a butcher's. I was like, oh my God, they brought a mattress in. I said, who's that for? He's like, it's for you. <laughs> that was well embarrassing, man. Well, yeah, I, I don't need to ask what the proudest moment in your in your life is because I can already tell that's obviously your beautiful little princess. And I've come out and won the Father's Day race. Uh, last year in primary it, yeah? school, I won the Father's Day race for her. Good. She was about to be a proud little proud. girl. She's running around telling all her little mates, that's my dad. Oh, look, listen, it was a pleasure having you on here. And I hope everyone watching this does actually understand 
what it means having Lou on here. I didn't get him on here to come on here and talk about all the stuff he's done in his life. I got him on here to show the people that you can do wrong and you can change your life around. And genuinely amazing having you on here and hopefully in three years time when you're some famous actor, don't fucking forget about me. Don't you dare forget about me. Make sure you jump back on and tell us about it. But genuinely, thank you for coming on. Guys, make sure you jump over to Lou's channel Go subscribe to him, do all of that, and hopefully you'll see me on there soon. Doing his workout. Doing my workout. Not very good at him. He's definitely doing it. (laughs) Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and thank you for coming on, bro.